Do you want to hear about great work happening in schools around the world? Just Schools are life-giving places that address feedback, engagement, and well-being for each student. This concept is founded on love and justice for each student. Dr. John Eckert digs deep into the current educational landscape with research, experience, and a good dose of humor and humility. Join us in the desire to do justice, love kindness, and walk with confident humility. Get inspired with stories of improvement in the profession that makes all others possible. Welcome back to Just Schools and to a new year. We're so excited about this month of January and 2023 and all that's ahead of us. Building off of last week's episode, we are going to try to build schools that students love and start to build habits that lead to the kind of change and who we want to be in the coming year. And so today we get to talk to three educators, and I'm so excited for you to hear from them. But as you listen, listen to some of the things they're saying about micro changes that they've made and are making that are leading to improvement in their own lives and in the lives of their students and the colleagues that they serve. Second, Think about deliberate practice, not just practice. Deliberate practice is practice with feedback that leads to growth. We've been able to see these educators grow as they've been part of our Baylor MA and School Leadership Program, as they've pushed each other and encouraged each other. So listen for that. And then just remember that to live is to grow. If we stop growing, we've really stopped living. And life is all about how we grow and change and improve. And when we do that with others, it's a lot more meaningful. So welcome to a new year and enjoy this conversation. Welcome back to Just Schools. Today, we're here with three educators. This is a huge privilege because we actually have three great educators in my office, which doubles as our podcast studio, because they're graduating from Baylor's MA in school leadership. So these are amazing school leaders that have spent 18 months with us and have done amazing work. And I've gotten to walk alongside them as they do this work. And so as we look at this new year starting out, we sometimes fall into the trap of making resolutions and we set goals instead of addressing habits. And we think we're going to get somewhere that by February, we're just disappointed with. And so what I really want to talk to them about today is how you build a culture in a school that's built on habits that are life-giving and on celebrating things that really show the way growth is happening and the way people are flourishing in meaningful ways. So without any more introduction, I'll have each of our amazing educational leaders introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about the school they're in and ways they've seen their schools elevate and celebrate some of those amazing things where flourishing has been happening in their schools. Uh, I'm Ryan Denham. I am a U.S. history teacher in uh, Frisco, Texas, Prosper ISD, Rock Hill High School. Um, And one of the things that my campus has been doing, we opened during the pandemic, basically. Uh, 2020, 2021 was our first year. That is optimal. (laughs) Yes, good. Go ahead. And Texas would go on full hybrid at that point. Our district was. So there was in-person and online happening at the same time. Um, But from the get-go, our uh, principal wanted to establish a culture where we could celebrate each other and celebrate students. And there were a couple practical ways immediately that those were introduced. Um, He brought on the first day a cardboard cutout of Dwayne The Rock Johnson representing Rock Hill High School. And 
from the get-go, that was, hey, from week to week, this guy's going to float around from classrooms. He'll choose the first person, but then we'll recognize each other as colleagues um, as long as they're not in your department. Who's doing a great job? Who do you notice getting things done on campus, building relationships, and serving students? And that grew into a Rocky Balboa and a second rock nice. cutout. You have so many great options for mascots. What I don't even actually know. What is your mascot? It is a blue hawk. Okay. Why not? I mean, we need to see if Dwayne the Rock Johnson can get behind being the mascot for your school or Rocky. I mean, come on, that's legend. That that's awesome. But I love that you brought that in, and it's a low cost, almost no cost thing that elevates other people's practice and highlights it in a way that's kind of fun and quirky and a little bit weird. I think when educators try to be cool, it rarely goes well. When we just own that we're a little bit quirky and strange, students can get behind that because we're all a little quirky and strange and that makes the world a lot more interesting. Kathleen, why don't you jump in next? I'm Kathleen Piercy. Um, I'm a K-4 elementary math instructional coach in Keller ISD in North Texas, so pretty close to Ryan. Um, and one way that I've transitioned into a new role this year where I over um, I get to partner with five elementary campuses. That's about 125 teachers. And so And how um, many students is that that you would be supporting? Well, I try to do the math on that um, from some reports, and I think it's close to about 2,700 K-4 students. Very cool. It's a lot of kids. So the 2,700 students' math is in your hands. Is that what we're saying, Kathleen? Um, I try to support their teachers because it's in their hands every day. Well done. That was a test. That was a test of collective leadership. Kathleen passed. All right, go ahead. Um, So one way that we've really tried to facilitate a culture of joy through the math department is we know that teachers Teaching can be difficult in these times. Um, And so every month we um, look through nominations for an elementary math district teacher of the month. And so colleagues are nominating their colleagues um, about great things that they see that they're doing with students. And the entire elementary math team and our coordinator, we go out to that campus and we surprise the teacher with their kids. And we make a very simple poster that we print for free, but it stays outside their classroom door. Um, that they're the elementary math district teacher of the month for, you know, August 2022, September, all of that. And we bring them a goodie bag with their nomination note. Um, and we try to push that out to social media. But one thing that we're going to start in the new year is that we know we only get to pick one teacher out of, if I work with 125 students, there are five other math coaches too. That's a lot of teachers to pick from. And we know that there's a lot of great things happening. So we're also going to be recognizing the people who are nominating because we also want to celebrate those who are taking the time to see the wonderful things happening in others. And so we're really excited about doing that as well. I love that elevating the people who are elevating others because we end up getting what we celebrate. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to see more people celebrating the work of others, that's the way we go. I ask all the time, educators, like what's an idea of someone else's that you've gotten behind? Because sometimes teachers get frustrated because Mm -hmm. they don't feel supported in the ideas they have. And I love in that example that you're actually saying, Hey, who are you recognizing that's doing good work? And we're going to recognize you for that because that, tends to build that culture of encouragement and a more joyful culture that I think is life-giving for everybody. All right, Crystal, how are you seeing this happen at your school? Crystal Chapman from the Woodlands Christian Academy. I'm a 10th grade English teacher. And after listening to my wonderful colleagues here, I've forgotten what the question is. Yes. How? I <laughs> love that. Love that. This is a heavily scripted podcast that we do here. Uh, so the question is, how do you see joy coming into your school? As you look at a new year, what's been happening that you're excited about? And, and like Kathleen said, here's what we're going to do moving into next year. So it can be looking back and then also looking forward. Thank you. 
One of the things that our school has is these core values, and one of those core values is that we celebrate. And so as a school, we try to celebrate the great things that our students are doing. And what I would like to see happen is that we as teachers celebrate what we are doing. And so looking forward, I'd like to spend some time just really um noting how my colleagues are, are, are teaching and how they're building each other up and how they're building students up. And so that is uh, something that I'm looking forward to into the new year. Um, as a school, as we've celebrated student work, we have uh, celebrated sports and academics. And one of the things that our, our school does every year is um, doing kind of a, a prize brigade to students who score really well in their AP exams. And that always leads to a lot of goodwill with our students and our families. And, um, and so that's uh, one, just one of the things that we do to celebrate. I love that. So what I love about this conversation is we have Christian school folks, we have a math coach, we have a high school public school teacher, and yet you're all here talking about how you build a strong culture, one that's life-giving. So where do you find that hope? Where do you find that joy in the work that we do every day when so much of what's going on in schools right now feels dark and heavy and polarized and isolated and we have high levels of depression among teachers and students and people are leaving and you all chose in the middle of COVID to do an advanced degree in leadership. So you chose to take on more work that goes alongside the work you're already doing. And you've, you're completing that now, but you're doing that to launch into doing more good work. So where do you find that hope and joy at a time when that's not the norm in our profession? So any of you jump in, I'd love to hear how, you, how you're seeing that. One of the things that Dr. Ferguson said in our class was that what we do every day matters to what God is doing in the kingdom. And there is such hope in that, not just for me as an educator, but for my students, for my colleagues, for our families who are, we're all just kind of struggling to make it through one day to the next, but knowing that that what we're doing Every single day matters to what God is doing in the lives of our kids and the lives of our families and the lives of our teachers. And, and it is hard. It is, it is hard to see, um, what's happening with, with students and teachers in, not just in, in, in public schools, but in private schools too. There's the burnout is, is, is sad, a sad reality, but there is hope there. There is hope that, that things will get better. Yeah. Well, that's great. Kathleen or Ryan, what would you add? I always kind of tie things back to something I've read at one point, but C.S. Lewis had a great quote that um, what you see and what you hear depend a great deal on where you're standing and also depends a great deal on the type of person you are too. So obviously there's that foundation, regardless of whether you're private or public school teacher, to found yourself and your faith. And then stand up on top of the rock. Instead of getting caught up in all the waves and all the storm in the bottom, stand up on top and Things are a lot clearer up there. You can notice the things that your students need and the things that your colleagues need and the things that you need if you recognize that getting caught up in all the really things that are out of your control um, will just drag you down further. So recognizing your abilities and kind of sticking in that lane until you're able to push forward to that next zone, those those are the things that kind of made it so I haven't burnt out to the point where I just give up because I can't do all the things I want to do. That's great. That's great. Kathleen? 
Yeah, to build on that, I think that's a perfect way to say that. But I also, what I was thinking about initially is that leaders aren't silent around hard things. Mm. And so I think pursuing this degree at such a time as this is that we're we're called to step out and, you know, um, not get muddied down in all the things that are happening. Um, I think in my position, what I thought of this year that's been a great privilege and honor is that I have the ability to kind of get that bird's eye view of I get to walk into classrooms mm. now and I get to point out to teachers what's right. going really well. Right. Because they're with kids 20, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week. And sometimes they get really caught up into, well, I have tier two intervention here and this kiddo needs to grow and all of these things. But I can come in and say, did you notice this? And many times it's a no, because the work is really difficult. Um, And so I think it's important to be an advocate on the sides of things that are going on, because I think it's interesting. We hear these things that cover uh, public schools right now, especially. But if you walk into a public school, there's really amazing things happening and really joyful things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish everybody had the ability to walk into classrooms like yes. I get to do now and see all those things yes. happen each day. So what I love, and I, I appreciate the order that just randomly happened, but Crystal and Ryan started about how they breathe life into students. And then Kathleen's now translating that to how she breathes life into her peers because she gets to step in and see that work and not give general praise. Like, oh, we're all doing a great job. It's like, no, did you see that? Did you see what that student did because of what you're doing? And those things are real. And we lose th- we lose those because we get so caught up in the work. And I, I wanted to go back to what Crystal said. I think John Steinbeck in the, the Light Captured Fireflies poem that I quote all the time, it refers to students as unsigned manuscripts. And that they come in and we give them a new attitude, a new hunger, a new desire to learn. And that then becomes what feeds them. And then that feeds us. Us, and ultimately, there's he uses the phrase deathless power that lies in the hands of such a person. And so that's the work that we get to do. And as long as we keep that at the center, that it's not about us, it's about them. It's about what the Lord can do through us for them as we help them become all they are created to be. And knowing that we're not going to necessarily see the full impact of that in this life necessarily, but that what we do echoes in eternity, that's where, how do, how do you give up on this? And what, how is there a better profession than what we get to do? But I think that's been lost by so many people because you get caught up in the day-to-day grind. So tell me, and, and again, we didn't script this, so you may not have this right at the top of mind. So whoever comes up with this first, but is there a habit that for 2023, you hope to cultivate to make you that more joyful, life-giving person to your colleagues and to your students? But is there a habit that you've already started leaning into or that you know you want to start leaning into? I don't want to set up goals that we're going to fall short of, but what are some habits that we can do each day to kind of discipline ourselves to be the kind of person that we're called to be? One of the things that I've already had as a habit, and I think this is just a practice of great educators across all spectrums is writing notes to students at the end of the year kind of thing. I recognize maybe like a challenge, a quote that go with them, that type of thing. But you are the king of quotes, right? So I I always love, I always love that. We'll see. (laughs) But last year I started trying to like branch that outward because my school bought Pear Deck. And if you haven't used that tool, it's a really excellent tool to help get um, anonymous feedback where the stu- the other students in the room don't always see it. People get more comfortable sharing. This is an add-on for Google Slides <laughs> that allows it to be interactive. So yes, I second Pear Deck is awesome. Go ahead, Ryan. So what I started doing with that tool is getting students to tell me who is a staff member, um, teacher, coach, principal, lunch lady, who is making a difference for them on campus. Um, 
because it would mean more if I had specific things that I could write in a note to that teacher and say, hey, kids have told me this about you. And that's a different level of compliment because I don't, my purpose, and I'm sure the same for you is like, you want to impact kids, but in that way you can impact kids by helping them realize what those teachers are doing, but also impact your colleague. And so I'm really want to challenge myself to do more of that because I do it like once a quarter, but if I could do more, I feel like you would be able to reach more people with that encouragement. I love that. That's like the anti-venting. You're going and not dragging people down. You're finding things that elevate the student who then elevates someone else. And so you build this encouragement where venting might make you feel better, but that's only because you've pulled someone down to your level and you feel like you have an ally in this dislike of an idea or a person and you've done the exact opposite thing. So I love that example. Uh, Kathleen or Crystal, what about you for a habit that you're starting? or would love to start moving forward? So something that I've struggled with in this new role being on five campuses um, is timeliness of coaching because it's a lot of teachers to reach weekly. And to be honest, I haven't found a way yet to make sure that I have conversations with all of them every time I'm at their campus. And so something I started doing, um, especially being new, right? Meaningful learning can't happen without a meaningful relationship. And that's the same with teachers. Um, I found that just like with my students. And so I've worked really hard this semester to build relationships, but I've started to put five posts sits on top of my little coaching journal that I keep track of what I've done for the day. So I remember when I come back to campus, you know, who are the teachers that I need to still go talk to? What do I need to follow up for their students? Um, but those five post-its have to be gone by the end of the day. And they're not to give specific like evaluative feedback, right. but just, I thought about you today. I'm going to come see you next week. Thank you so much for all that you do and stick it on that's their great. desk and wave and say goodbye. Because I think that's an important part of our coaching relationship too, is that I'm not always there to observe you. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm there to support you with your students. I'm trying to see what can we work on together and partner in to make sure that you feel like you're equipped to elevate your student learning. And so that's something that I'm going to start and continue doing in um, the new year, uh, just to make sure that each teacher feels like they're seen by me as their math coach. And I hope somebody's doing that for you. But my guess is instructional coaches don't always get that. Is that fair? That is fair. And um, that's funny because I was thinking about the same thing. I invite feedback from teachers now. Like, how can I move you forward? But also, what would be the best way for me to do that for you? Because I don't get a lot of feedback in my role because I work on an island, um, because I'm the only instructional coach on that campus, and I office out of whatever space they can give me for the day, and then I'm gone and see you in a week. And then if we have a holiday, then I'll maybe see you in two weeks and things like that. So I actually think it's important that I make teachers partner with me, and that helped me grow as a coach, too. I invite your feedback, so it's kind of a partnership instead of just one way. That's awesome. That seems like you, Kathleen. All right, Crystal. One of the things that I do for my students, or I guess for their families, is that for the year, I try to send uh, one handwritten, at least one handwritten letter home to the families with specific comments about their child. And I've gotten so many emails back, never a handwritten letter, but so many emails back telling me how much their parents appreciated that. Mm, And so uh, as Ryan was talking, I thought, how awesome would it be for me to do that for my colleagues who mm. um, who don't always get that? And so I'm yeah. totally stealing that, Ryan. No. Totally. 100% taking it home. It's not mine. It's good stuff. And I, do I, I do have to say, some people would look at this as like, hey, that's just more work. I can barely keep my head above water. But I think when we do those things, that's that life-giving stuff that this makes the work meaningful and allows us to enjoy and love what we're doing. And so, And you're also helping others do that. So to wrap up, 
this is our lightning round for advice. Here's your piece of advice as we head into the new year. What would you say if you had 30 seconds to speak to whomever's listening that cares about education? What's your encouragement for them as we head into this next, uh, this next year? I just think you have to have fun with your kids. Yeah. If you're in the classroom, have fun with your kids and ask them questions and, and be silly. Of course, still get the work done, but ask them questions, stuff that they care about and, and, and laugh with them. There's so much joy that comes from laughter, even if it's fake. Fake it, but it is fun to laugh and it lightens any mood and it is okay to laugh at yourself. That's right. Marsha Tate says it doesn't matter. Fake laughter or real laughter. The brain doesn't know the difference, but just laugh. So it's good. Um, I guess just things I'm working on myself too. But if you think there's only one way to do things, it's kind of the none way to do things. Like Ah, it's going to, it's going to lead to some problems. So continue to be adaptable because obviously education is not static. And your room is not static. And for those of us who are in growing districts, you're getting kids added almost weekly. <laughs> right. And maybe right. you're having kids leave almost weekly and you never get to hear what happened mm-hmm. to them. So yeah. make sure you're just staying adaptable because otherwise, if you're trying to create something that's not there, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt. I would say find people who love what they do. Um, find the people who love to work with students and find the good in students as well. Um, don't get distracted by the naysayers or the mm. people who are way outside of our profession, um, but find people within who want to be a multiplier and create multipliers within our students because that's where you really find the joy. Love it. I love that you brought in multiple multipliers. Liz Wiseman does great work there. And I think you have to partner with the people who are ready to partner and do the work. And there are a lot of great educators out there. And hopefully those are the people that are listening. And we get to go celebrate that you are graduating tomorrow. So this is a great time to uh, talk. Yeah. And so we, we, if we need to get a final sick and bears, you can't see it, but let's, let's get it. We've got some uh, sick and bears here. Go for it. Hey, sick and bears. Great way to wrap. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kathleen, Crystal, and Ryan, and that you could hear the kind of professional admiration and appreciation they have for each other and the way that they've grown. They've become a powerful part of the Baylor MA and school leadership cohort as they have been the light to each other, as they reflect back the light of God's goodness to others and they allow his grace to flow through them. I hope you could hear that and just the way they talked about their students, about their colleagues and about the way, the way they have learned with and from each other. Even from quirky things like how you include Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Rocky in a way to affirm and encourage others. Those habits that they're developing have made them more of the kind of educators they were meant to be. So, I hope as you start the year, you'll identify some habits. Let go of the goals and focus on those habits that will make you more the educator that you were meant to be. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Baylor Center for School Leadership. Watch for Dr. John Eckert's first book in the series starting in January 2023.